next to the party. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode L, capital L, of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First, Dave the Alcadron Vader. How are you feeling about 50 episodes? I'm stoked about 50 episodes. This is nuts. It is nuts, right? This it's is, a lot. It's a lot is, of episodes. This is not at all what I envisioned when... <laughs> <laughs> When last summer someone was like, "Hey, someone's starting a podcast. Do you want to be involved?" I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like fun." Like, I was, I could not. If you told me that this was going to happen a year later, I'd have been like, "No." <laughs> yeah, like that's nah, you're, not yeah. true. Like, yeah, I, you're, this lying. Is, you're lying. Why are you lie? I'm delighted to be here, though. I'm, I'm super stoked that that this is where we've we've gotten. This is. I know. Me too. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, next up is the recently graduated teaching master Liam. Congratulations on the graduation. Now that you have a master's degree and a uh, wildly successful 50-episode podcast under your belt, what's the next step? <laughs> you know, the next step is going to be catching up on 12 months of sleeping. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sounds good. Yeah, I like that idea. I'm kind of in the same boat as Alk. I'm stoked that we're here, but a year ago I would have been like, <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I thought it would have fizzled or just... You know, scheduling wouldn't have worked out or something, but yeah, here we are. And and honestly, I'm I'm glad we were able to make it work out around around my ever changing classes. Uh, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm stoked for for the next year. Yeah, yeah, coming up on the big one year, and I'm looking forward to many more. Oh yeah, at least like two more episodes, three more episodes. <laughs> 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 Gotta get through one of the. Ranks, we might make right? it till the next pals visit. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we do got, uh, before I get to housekeeping, we got something special this week, don't we, Mr. Dave? We do. I am delighted to introduce to the show, not introduce to the show, welcome to the show. That's the word there I was we looking go. for. I was, I was accused of being really good at this three minutes ago, just so everyone knows. <laughs> uh, I am delighted to welcome to the show our dear friend Puzzle Box, who Yay. is a tremendous voice in the community. Uh in, incredible player, incredible brewer, has done uh, enormous things in the CPDH thing scene, including absolutely crushed an EDH tournament with a Gretchen PDH deck. Hold, hold on, mm -hmm. hold on. Uh, I'm going to interrupt. Was that an EDH yeah. tournament or a CEDH tournament? It was a budget CEDH tournament. Ooh. Competitive elder dragon highlander <laughs> on a budget puzzle showed up with gretchen and 99 commons and took smoked down the them. whole thing smoked those fools it was beautiful uh kind of kind of launched launched pdh into uh into the public eye a bit more uh, it was great yeah. publicity for us it was great publicity for the the common connoisseurs and the 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 whole competitive scene and uh he also has a podcast, which is definitely called Common Theory. Yes, 100%. I'm extremely confident about that. And, uh, <laughs> and now he's on our podcast so that yeah. he can hang out with us and talk about himself and also combos. Yes. Surprise. Multi, many, many combo. What's up, Puzzle Box? Welcome to the show. How's it going? I am alive. Good, good. 
<laughs> you are live. You are live and kicking, and it's good to have you on. High praises from Dave. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, someone, someone told me I was good at this. I got to... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now it's like four minutes ago. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll get more into Puzzle Box once we get through the housekeeping, get, uh, get down into the main topic. So you should probably know by now. But if you like the show, you like what we're doing here, check us out over on Patreon at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. A uh, shout out to new patron Mizu S. Welcome to the PDH pod family. It's good to have you here. Uh, by being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is basically like a like a little bonus episode every week. And who doesn't want that? I post the pre-show and the live episode or the, the regular episode on Patreon before it goes out live. Along with the show notes, you can follow along, see what the heck we're actually talking about. And then finally, being a patron, you get access to the to special areas of the PDH Pod Discord, where you can chat with the crew, get help with your own decks, or heck, you can even help Liam build a mono white deck from scratch. I mean, that happened like yesterday, right? Yeah, uh, yesterday in our uh, Patreon place section, I threw in the deck help that I was interested in building Falconer Adept, and was taking any and all suggestions. And then, uh, yeah, someone. Uh, not someone, uh, Fintorn Brownie, uh, kind of just went crazy and, and built the deck for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it lasted like uh, a pretty good chunk of the day. I think it was like six hours worth of back and forth, back and forth, yeah, and then was, you finally had a, a had a list. It yeah, great. there was there was about an hour and a half of like dedicated time of of where it was conversation, but it but it was six to eight hours throughout the day of of constant conversation, and and yeah, I've got a fully functional list in less than twenty four hours that. Both Brownie and I were uh, playtesting today, and it it's a beta. Yeah, it, it looked it looked really good. I was uh, congratulations on that. It was fun to kind of watch the progress of it because you literally did just walk in. You're like, I'm thinking about <laughs> building this, and then a couple hours later, you're like, Boom! Here's the it's final like, list, and I it's good. Guess I'm building this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so you can do that as a patron if you want. But uh, you can check out the PDH pod on YouTube or just the PDH pod over there, as well as uh, my Saturday spell table streams on Twitch. Uh, you probably guessed it. We're the PDH pod over there as well. Uh, Liam, I know you're busy, but did we have any this week in magic? I do not believe so. Not that we're going to talk about on the show. There were leaks. Sounds good to That me. we're not going to talk about. That sounds... Oh, leaks. Okay. I was going to yeah, say, like, yeah. that sounds ominous. No, there, <laughs> Why there aren't were, we talking about... <laughs> there were there were ban list leaks, and there were Lord of the Rings leaks, and we're just not going to talk about either of them beyond that. If you want to find out more, go to your local Reddit page. Yep, go to your local Reddit page. <laughs> probably find them on Twitter somewhere, so... But the, uh... Yeah, the banned leaks were pretty interesting. Kind of set Twitter on fire for a couple days. Yeah. As as those things do. But anyway, we'll get past the, the leakage situations. We'll move on to the main topic. First up, Puzzle Box, as we like to do with most of our guests. Um, let's let the listeners get to know you a little bit better. Uh, a little bit of your MTG history, if you will. Like how you got started in the game originally, and eventually what brought you to Popper and Popper Commander, specifically. Sure. Um, so I first started playing Magic in 2014 mm-hmm. when my friend got a fat pack of journey into nix and Ooh, we nice. just built decks out of random cards on his bedroom floor um 
There you go. Floor meta, like literal yeah, floor uh, meta. I remembered Sigil Skink was like the coolest ah. card ever. I thought that card <laughs> was true. busted. <laughs> it, I love Sigil Skink. That card's not scary. Yeah. But yeah, I've been playing ever since then. I started playing CEDH and EDH with friends and picked up 60 card popper, played a bit of modern. Uh, and then I heard about Popper Commander on Reddit one time, I think, a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I was like, that mm-hmm. sounds pretty cool. I like trying new formats. I like Commander. I like Popper. So I built Geyer Engineer, which is just a yeah, creature uh-huh. that taps for Simic. And I posted it in the home base whenever I found it, and they were like, why don't you just play Layweaver Loreweaver? And I was like, <laughs> I have never heard of these cards in my life. Um, so I switched over to that and started playing competitive Popper Commander and uh, been playing that ever since. So Nice. So was it were you a big competitive player before PDH, like in your Popper Modern EDH sort of career? Uh a bit of a tryhard locally, but it was all middle school, high school, start of college for me, so sure. not anything no, too fair. big, but... Yeah. Now, have you always been a paper player, or do you kind of dabble in MTGO or Arena or things like that? Um, Pretty much always a paper player. I played on Arena for a bit. I played Brawl on Arena. Um, I drafted on Arena mostly. I played a lot of draft, but aside from that, mostly paper for me. Yeah, right on. Well, that sounds sounds good. So you did start out as EDH. Like, uh, we get some people on here that are like, "Oh, I just now got into PDH," or "I've never played anything but Popper." But it seems like you dabbled quite a bit in different formats and different um, aspects of the game before before landing into uh, this format. Yeah, I like to uh, try them all at least. Tried a bit of Oathbreaker. Sure. Played Popper Oathbreaker on the Common Connoisseurs channel. You know, we try yeah. them all. How did that go? Uh, it, it was a uh, <laughs> That was like all anybody was talking about for like <laughs> yeah. two or three weeks on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I played Narset Windfall, which looks a lot better <laughs> on paper uh, uh-huh. than it does in Popper. It's just so hard to control the board states, especially when everyone else had signature spells that gave them a board state. Just mm-hmm. windfalling away everyone's hand wasn't enough. So it was, <laughs> it was pretty rough in practice, but... Yeah, you're right. It probably did look pretty sweet on paper. All right. Well, thank you for that. I think we can move on to the main topic. And this week, you know, being a special episode, episode 50, we thought, huh, we haven't actually ever talked about combos and what it takes to make a combo and what are the some what are some of the more common combos we find in the format. And we thought, huh, we've also never had Puzzle Box on the show. I think those two things work out just fine. I mean, I didn't do the math. I think Dave did the math and was the, like, yeah, that checks out. The right? pieces are coming together they did they all kind of like a combo they just sort of like all a combo came see, see what i did there i'm upset is, that that's... neither of you said the pieces are coming together like a puzzle <laughs> oh i don't get it all right we'll have to get Good the part. editor on that <laughs> like a puzzle <laughs> it's not I'm but not, yeah i'm not understand pieces of the puzzle that's what he's referencing pieces, i think pieces, pieces of the, of the puzzle, puzzle that's there we go the that's, card that's the card that's, that's, the, that's the card that combos with uh tormod and ghost <laughs> I remember. Yeah, see, that, that's what yeah. Liam was talking about. Got it. Good good reference, Liam. 
Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the questions I get quite often, like I'll get messages, private messages, and uh, specifically come from EDH players wanting to try out Popper Commander or if they've heard a lot about it or want to get in on a stream or something, and they almost always ask, what combos are available? How can you combo in a commons-only format? What are you talking about? You're crazy. I'm leaving, and then I'm banned. Like, I don't know. They just blocked me. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like I said, it's taken us far too long to get Puzzle Box on the show, but he is an established combo player, and I wasn't sure at first, but now I'm pretty sure. The creator of the original Gretchen deck that sort of, like, took the whole format by surprise and is still being played to this day in 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 high numbers so with that in mind we felt like this was the absolute perfect topic for him and uh in tonight's episode we're going to run through some of the more ubiquitous combos and some of the more um, eccentric combos we have at our uh, disposal in this format but first i want to ask puzzle box have you always been a combo player like what is it about combo decks that draw you in like, have you always just sort of studied them, played them, or was that like a PDH-specific archetype that you got into? Yeah, so I've I've always played combo. Combo's just kind of what I do. Um, in EDH, my first deck was Krenko Mob Boss, uh, and that was a combo variant, not an aggro variant, because sure. that's me. And then I built, because I had the Goblin versus Elves deck thing, so I built Krenko mm-hmm. and Azuri. The dual deck, and yeah. And they were both combo, like, tribal decks that were combo decks. Um, mm-hmm. And I just really enjoy being able to actually end the game uh, whenever I establish something and not just have to kill players one at a time. I don't like doing that. <laughs> I'd prefer the game just be over once I'm a threat. You like to just <laughs> slam the door on the game and move on to the next yeah, one. I like getting more games in than taking long games. But, you know, yeah, that's fair. That's just me. <laughs> Is it always something that sort of clicked with you? Like, I don't play a lot of combos unless they're just like inherently in the deck or I fall backwards into them throughout the course of a game. Like, I don't specifically play combos because they just for some reason they don't click in my head like i understand what the pieces do but when it comes to actually like pulling it off like it gets all jumbled up and it doesn't totally make sense is that something that that was always easy for you or did you have to sort of learn how to play combo decks yeah uh i think it's always been pretty easy for me i would just kind of see a card and realize yeah that that probably does something in a combo and it's more so just a matter of figuring out what the good ones are or finding mm-hmm. those really niche lines and outlets like what I think I've done with Gretchen. Uh, just yeah, optimizing absolutely. it a lot for me. And that's something you, even when we signed on to the call tonight, you were working on your Gretchen deck, right? Like that's something you're still actively working on. Yeah, I just put Sapphire Charm in as an outlet. That's also a modal Ooh. removal spell. So Sure. Yeah, that's a spicy one. I like that one. Well, awesome. That's sort of a little bit about what makes the puzzle tick when it comes to combos. I think we can move on sort of into the actual part of the episode where we talk about the combos. I think we broke it down into two different categories. We're going to talk about combos that are that start in your command zone. They're combos that need your commander on the battlefield to work. And then we're going to talk about some combos that are in the 99. They're combos that you really only need your commander's colors, but generally you got to work harder to make them to get all the pieces for them. You got to dig a little further to get all the cards to make it work. So, Liam, do you want to start us off with the first one here in the command zone? Yeah. Uh, so, this combo uh, involves Malcolm, which is the pirate partner commander that is blue. 
Do I need to go over Malcolm or should, should I just, yeah. No, I think we're good. Okay. Uh, so this, this combo involves Malcolm. Malcolm obviously being in the command zone. Uh, in the deck, you're going to utilize Trickery Charm and Reckless Fireweaver. So you're going to need red in the command zone as well. Probably mm-hmm. pairing Malcolm with either Breaches or Kettis. Uh, yeah. And so this particular combo, what your goal is, is you're going to uh, have Reckless Fireweaver and Malcolm on board, targeting the Fireweaver with the Trickery Charm to turn it into a pirate. And then you're going to <laughs> utilize Malcolm's ability, uh, whenever one of the pirates you control your damage to your opponents, create a treasure token for each opponent dealt damage. So you're going to create damage in some fashion, because it, it doesn't specify combat damage. So you could go to combat and hope Malcolm connects, or you could have an artifact enter the battlefield and trigger the Reckless Fireweaver, or you could ping something, however you want to do it. Just need to cause a, a, a pirate to cause damage. Uh, the Reckless Fireweaver, being a pirate, uh, uh, is going to s- potentially see an artifact enter, or Malcolm sees a pirate deal damage, creates a treasure token, which causes an artifact to enter, which causes the Fireweaver to deal a point of damage. Well, if the Fireweaver yeah. is the pirate, Malcolm's going to see a dealing damage. It's going to make another treasure token, and just rinse repeat until you kill everything. Forever. Yep. This one's weird because the, the entire combo is just triggers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Triggers that trigger other triggers. It's not like it's not like you're doing some sort of activated ability to like repeatedly. Right. It's so just that the triggers would, trigger each other. You would yep. you would have to either counter the trickery charm or kill Malcolm and Fireweaver. Yeah, I mean it's still interruptible. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. weird that there's no like Nothing there's no player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no, like, final step to it. It just happens. Yeah, it just it, happens and it, everyone dies. It just happens and it keeps happening until everyone is out of life. Yeah, no action yep. needed to be taken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it looks like the, the the next one here that Puzzle put in sort of functions the same way. Right? Is that right, Puzzle? Yeah, it's pretty close. So, this is another Malcolm combo because Malcolm is so good. Um, mm-hmm. essentially what you're going to do is take your Malcolm and enchant it with Freed from the Real, which allows you to pay a blue to untap him. And then you're going to equip him with a Viridian Longbow, which allows him to tap <laughs> to deal a damage to a player. And you don't have to put this on Malcolm. As long as Malcolm is in play, you can just put it on any pirate and it'll get the job done. Yeah. But yep. you tap your pirate, deal a damage to somebody, make a treasure with Malcolm, Sacrifice the treasure to untap Malcolm or your pinger, and rinse, repeat. Just ping the table down. Yeah, forever. I want to just mention that both of these cards have like alternate things you can use. Um, we we do have a, a spare reckless fireweaver. It's called Ingenious Artillerist. It has the same yeah. ability mm-hmm. when a, when an artifact enters, it deals damage to people. Uh, we have a couple alternatives for trickery charm. There's like Wings of Velus Veil will make mm-hmm. something into a changeling. Uh, yeah, that's a popular one. Volatile Claws makes all your creatures into changelings. Uh, there's Rune a couple with that'll make your... Yeah, the stalactite yeah. and the axe will make a guy into a... As, as equipments, that'll make a guy into a changeling, which makes him pirates. Amoeboid Changeling. Um, Amoeboid Changeling, changeling yeah, yeah. is a changeling that will make anything else into a changeling. So lots and lots of uh, redundancy for the Trickery Charm effect. Two-card redundancy for the Fireweaver effect, which is why this Malcolm Red deck is often considered a turbo combo deck, because it's just... It is easy to assemble the combo quickly and threaten the table on turn 
five ish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's even like Quicksilver dagger. <laughs> like, yeah, just crazy stuff you can use. There's only one freed from the reel, but there's a ton of Viridian longbows. There's yeah, you know, like Quicksilver dagger. There's you know Hermetic study, Psionic gift. Uh, okay, maybe there's four Viridian longbows. <laughs> maybe mean, that's not quite a ton, but like it's still it's good. That's four of. That's not bad. And if yeah. you want to get more convoluted for freed from the reel redundancy, you could use horseshoe crab and turn it into a pirate. And then do the same uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I do love combos yep. that involve horseshoe crab. <laughs> I know you and, do. <laughs> and Soliton. Uh, puzzles, puzzles looking at the show notes and seeing how many times I've written the word horseshoe crab on this uh-huh. list. He's like, what is this guy's deal? <laughs> what is going on? What did I agree to? <laughs> I know you, you parcel beast maniac. Uh-huh. I, I do love the parcel beast. Um, All right, puzzle. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was just going to say exactly what you're about to say. So you say it. Oh, I was just going to say that the next one is sort of in Gretchen Colors. Puzzle Box, you want to walk us through the next one? Sure. Uh, so this is the classic Tatiova line, who draws mm-hmm. cards whenever lands come into play. So what you want to have with Tatiova out is soccer a tribe scout or some creature that taps to put a land into play from your hand. And then you're going to need Tidal Bore, which allows you to return an island to your hand to untap or tap target creature. Mm-hmm. And then Mystic Sanctuary, which is a land Gross. that, if it enters untapped, will put an instant or sorcery from your deck on top of your library. So with the land uh, put into player <laughs> and mm-hmm. Tidal Bore <laughs> with the, um, Tatiova. The commonly, commonly accepted... Uh, word for creatures that tap to put a land into play is uh, mana idiots. <laughs> Idiot, not dorks, but idiots. Idiots. Okay, the, cool. the dorks are cards that will tap to add mana to your pool. But uh, I've I've played I've played a lot of games with Crash and Mentir and Yalaran, and they all refer to these cards exclusively as land idiots. Land I like idiots. that. Land Good idiots. to know. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. yeah. So it's a scaled herbalist, <laughs> walking atlas, soccer tribe scout, Llanowar scout. They're all the land idiots. But yeah, awesome. essentially yeah. what you do is you uh, have, let's say, Tidal Bore is in your graveyard. Uh, you tap your Tribe Scout to put the Mystic Sanctuary into play. Tatiova will trigger to draw a card, and Mystic Sanctuary can trigger to put the Tidal Bore back on top of your deck. So you mm-hmm. put the Tidal Bore back on top, and then draw with Tatiova. You cast the Tidal Bore by returning the Mystic Sanctuary to your hand. <laughs> to untap your Sakura Tribe Scout, and now we're in the exact same game state, but you have gained one life. So yes. this combo and one gains mana. life, and one blue mana as well, because yeah. you can tap the Mystic Sanctuary. So infinite mana for blue, and infinite life, and then you can just start casting the Tidal Bore to get infinite green, if you have ways to do that. Um... But yeah, you can usually get there from no, this point. You have to. The, or no, you're right. You cannot. You, do that. you have to. Yeah, yep. part part of the combo is paying the alternate cost by returning the sanctuary to your yeah. hand. But yeah, infinite blue, Tatiova can usually get there. So. Yep. And then what are you usually doing with that infinite blue? I believe capsize. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Tatiova also plays flicker lines. Sometimes, at least, but 
Mm-hmm. It's not a deck that I'm super experienced playing. I've played against sure, it sure, a sure, sure. bit. Yeah. But... Tattoo overruns flicker lines and all of the Archaeomancers. Because uh, yeah, you can flicker cat- lands and just draw cards off those if you need to. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. They, they, there's a there's a couple of moonful clines as well and just um yeah the, the goal is to eventually like i think i think the main win is just compulsive researching everyone to yep. death once you've established yeah. some archaeomancer loops the classic simic win con yep draw your whole yeah. deck seems fun all right what we got next here dave do you want to take the grixis one sure yeah uh because this one I do not fully understand. <laughs> involves... I, I, I will absolutely admit that right now. I do not fully understand this one. Blake Blake has this deck built, and it's fabulous. So I'm I'm very happy to talk about it. Uh, the Grixis line here involves uh, the commander Cormella, the Glamour Thief, mm-hmm. which is a four-mana Grixis-flavored 2-4 with haste. That's important. And yes. the ability for one mana and tap, you can add blue-black-red to your pool, Spend this mana only to cast instants and or sorcery spells. So, uh, if she is in play, you can uh, activate her ability. You spend one mana to add the the, the three colored mana to your pool. Uh, mm-hmm. To to pay for that ability, you might want to sacrifice her to a thermopod or an ashnod's altar. Uh, so, th- like thermopod. Let's you sacrifice a creature for red mana. Ashnod's altar lets you sacrifice a creature for two colorless mana. So you okay. sacrifice her for for either a red or two, it doesn't matter. And you use that mana to activate her ability. So now you've got three three in your pool that you can use to cast a spell. And the spell you cast is either Exume or Demonic Gifts. I guess I'm doing this out of order. Okay. If she's in your graveyard, Exume will get her out of your graveyard and back into play. For two mm-hmm. mana, a black and one. If she's in play, you have to use demonic gifts first. So you target her with demonic gifts, and then that creates this delayed trigger where when she dies, she comes back into play untapped. There's a bunch of these cards that will try to bring her back into play tapped. Those won't work. Yeah. She needs to come Specifically in on demonic each time. gifts. Yep. Yeah. The other thing that Cormella does is when she dies, you get to return up to one target instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. Mm-hmm. So she dies, she puts demonic gifts back into your hand. She has haste, so you, you tap her for more mana. You sacrifice her to Ashnod's Altar or Thermopod. Uh, she dies, she puts demonic gifts back in your hand. She comes back because of demonic gifts. And now you're exactly in the same place you were, but you're up. You're, a red mana. You're, or you're two. Up, or you're up a red or mana. Blue. Your choice. Yeah. Yep. If you're using Thermopod, the, the mana... So the, the weird thing about... When when she first came out, she was like badly misunderstood by a lot of people. Like A lot of people kept on showing up in the home base being like, she combos with this! And I was like, no, she doesn't. Like, calm down. <laughs> Here's why that doesn't work. And someone else would come up and be like, oh, she combos with this other thing! I was like, no, that doesn't work either. Um, you need to have the... She, the, the mana that she generates cannot be used to pay for her own ability. 
The mana right. she gives you can only be spent to cast instants or sorceries. You cannot yep. use that to activate her ability to give you more mana. This is why the sacrifice outlet you're using has to be a Thermopod or an Ashnod's Altar. Because mm -hmm. those are the things that will give you the mana to be able to use her ability over and over again. Um, has to be Demonic Gifts, because that's the only one that puts her in untapped. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's uh, there are other options for like there's five mana versions of that same thing. Those are really really hard to make useful. You have to run a bunch of like familiars to reduce the cost. Not not worth it. That that level yeah. of redundancy is not important. Exhum and demonic gifts are the ones you want. And yeah, so the 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 spell will will bring her from the graveyard to play, and then the sacrifice outlet will put her uh, back into the graveyard and give you the spell back. And you just you're up mana each time. And you can leverage this into an actual win with something like Impact Tremors, which mm -hmm. will deal damage every time she comes into play, or Falcon Wrath Noble will deal damage every time she leaves play, or you could just spend your infinitely accumulated red mana on a really big uh, Pyromatics. Yeah, just burn the whole table out. Yeah. Now uh, is this one? This is fairly easy to interact with, right? Because it's just graveyard hate. Like right. Yeah. If you yeah. can. So with if if demonic trick demonic gifts abilities on the stack, and she's in the graveyard trying to come back, if someone hits her with the honored heirloom, she doesn't come you back. She goes to exile. You fizzle. Yeah. yeah. Or um, just destroy the sack outlet. That nets mana. Yeah. yeah. True. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you lightning bolt the thermopod, uh, thermopod will die. <laughs> yeah, come back. Uh, if you shatter the Ashnod's altar, yeah. There's a lot of ways to interact with this one to shut it yeah. down. Um, which is why, so the, the cool thing about this is that the combo itself is pretty, pretty compact and also very tutorable. Like mm -hmm. you can, you know, Thermopod costs five, so you can tutor that with brain spoil. You're in, you're in both black and blue. So there are, there, there are like four different tutors you can use to get the, the exhum or the demonic gifts. So there's lots of redundancy, and then you can just dedicate the rest of the deck to like hard control. So you can have the hard counter control. spells, mm -hmm. counter the you know. And bolts. if you're if you're worried about your combo pieces going into the graveyard, we you're in the colors of Archaeomancer and Argent yep. Elementalist and all that yeah. good stuff. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. still play Flicker. Uh, you're still in blue. You still play Flicker. <laughs> you're, you're still, still in, blue, in blue. So <laughs> Flicker is always on the table. I feel like I have spent way too long talking about Cormella loops. So. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, let's move on to uh, another thermopod loop then. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> give me give me more slug action. <laughs> so Snowy slugs. Next up we have Dargo. Uh who combos with either Thermopod or you can get a bit more convoluted and use Ashnod's altar along with something that you can pay two to filter mana into a mana of any color, like energy refractor. And then you need impact tremors or something of that effect or a grape shot. And then you need to be able to cast Dargo for one red mana initially. So Yeah, because he does cost seven, so you need to get that down to one. Yep, so you need, like, yeah. if you haven't cast Dargo at all, you need three pieces of fodder or something to sacrifice. So, for example, we cast Dargo by sacrificing three creatures and paying a red mana. That means that for the rest of the turn, Dargo is going to cost six less because we've sacrificed three permanents. Mm -hmm. yeah. That sacrifice count doesn't get used up and it doesn't go down. Yep. Yeah, 
Yep. So then we sacrifice Dargo to Thermopod and add a red mana. We put Dargo back into the command zone, and he now costs an additional two mana less because we just sacrificed a permanent. Which, yeah, himself. <laughs> and we netted a red mana, which means we can cast Dargo for one mana again. And trigger... Yeah, I wonder if that's where a lot of... I know that's where I got tripped up. I wonder if a lot of newer players get tripped up with Dargo in that respect, because it sees itself. You know, yep. Like you were just saying, if you sacrifice it and it goes to the command zone in the same turn, it sees itself as being a sacrificed creature. <laughs> yep. So then you can trigger your impact trimmers or whatever you have to kill the table from here, or you can just cast Dargo an infinite amount of times, get two mana, and cast Grape Shot. And oh, just good old grape ping shot. the whole table. Yep. Amazing. That's pretty straightforward. I have never really played with a Dargo deck, but I've played against plenty of them, and it, they can get pretty absurd, even without the combo. I mean, Dargo's just sort of absurd. Yeah, Dargo's but... crazy. Yeah. All right, next up we have a true blue one. This one I'm not super familiar with, but I've seen it pop up more lately. I've seen this specific commander pop up more lately in uh, CPDH talk. It's Scholar of the Ages. I'll go ahead and read that one out because I wasn't super familiar with it. It is seven total mana, five generic and two blue for a 3-3 human wizard. When it ETBs, you return up to two instant and or sorcery cards from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, an Archaeomancer on steroids, kind of. And apparently that combos with Dramatic Reversal and Ghostly Flicker, plus mana rocks and a land that tap for six plus mana total. Who wants to walk me through that one? You got Corican. it, Dave? Or do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can take it. All right. Uh, okay, so... Scholar of the Ages is going to come down, return two permanent, return two spells to your hand. The two yep. you're going to choose are Dramatic Reversal and Ghostly Flicker. Okay. Dramatic Reversal, you can cast for two mana to untap all of your mana rocks. So if yep. you've got all an, non-land permanents you control. Yep. yep. If you've got an Urgolem's Eye and a Bonder's Ornament and a Sky Diamond, uh, that's what is that? Four mana. We need a couple more. We need to get a little bit more from that out of the rocks. So let's say Urgolem's Eye, Everflowing Chalice on two, Bonder's Ornament, and a Sky Diamond. That's uh, if those are if that is your six mana worth of rock in play, then then you you pay two mana for your dramatic reversal and you untap the six mana. Mm-hmm. With the other mana, you cast Ghostly Flicker. Ghostly Flicker is going to target Scholar of the Ages. And an island. So Scholar of the Ages is gonna the, the the island that you tapped is gonna it's gonna give you its mana, then it's gonna flicker and come back untapped, so you can get a mm-hmm. mana out of that again. So I guess you only need five mana from the rocks. So yeah, if you get five from rocks and one from the island, then you you have six mana that you can spend every time you loop this, and the dramatic reversal will give you the five rock mana back, and the and the ghostly flicker will give you the one land mana back, and ghostly flicker hitting the scholar is going to put Dramatic Reversal and Ghostly Flicker back in your hand, so you can just do that again. Okay. Yep, so that's one, one mana. It's one mana. And uh, yep. every every time you do that, you... you know, If you do that 8,000 times, now you have 8,000 mana just sitting there. Once you're there, you can start looping Ghostly Flicker and something else, like mm-hmm. Compulsive Research. Yep. Uh, and that will make sure that that gives you the actual outlet to turn that into a win. You just cast Compulsive Research 8 million times targeting your opponents, and they deck. And that's GG's. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, I kind of figured it was that one, but I've never... I don't know if this is like new tech or what, but I know uh, Scholar, of the, Scholar of the Ages is from Commander Legends, but I've maybe I just haven't paid attention, but I've only seen it talked about sort of recently, so I haven't had a chance to play against it's, it or seen it played on stream or anything like that. It's seen a bit of play. B-Fines played it a fair bit on occasion, I know. I know Korokin's okay. played it some. Korokin has championed it pretty hard. It's... I mean, it's really difficult to make work in the competitive scene because it is a seven mana commander. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just commander. big blue. <laughs> it's tough. So yeah. hard to survive that long in a blue deck that wants to be like the the, the actual content of your deck wants to be all the all the stuff that you're going to use to dig for the combo and like you know counter spells to protect the combo and like there's really nothing in there that's going to stop you just getting beat to death by gut sure. on turn 6 yeah when like you're it is still... just a straight up blue combo deck turn two right. dargo is going to mess you up <laughs> right it's going to mess you up bad if you can if you get to turn 13 then you're golden <laughs> yeah but you like win. it's good it's hard to get to turn 13 in a blue combo deck <laughs> yeah all right, next up on our list, I think is probably one of the more well-known commanders, even though it hasn't seen a whole lot of play recently, and that's Layweaver plus Freed from the Real. Liam, what do you got on this one? Yeah, so Layweaver and Lawweaver would be the classic Simic uh, partners that you were just talking about. Uh, Layweaver is the green half, uh, and it has the text that is simply tap to untap two target lands. And Freed from the Real is a classic blue combo piece uh, that is an enchantment aura, and it has two activated abilities, both costing a single blue mana. You can either tap the enchanted creature or untap the enchanted creature. So if Freed from the Real is enchanting Layweaver, then you tap Layweaver to untap two lands. Hopefully one of them produces a blue, the other one can produce whatever, uh, blue, green, colorless. And then you use the blue from the first land to activate Freed from the Real's ability to untap Layweaver, tap it again, generate infinite mana. So easy. Yep. And so then your easy, other easy. commander is an outlet. Is, you have yeah. target player draw two. Right. And yeah. so your, so your other just... commander is an outlet paying, I think it's like six mana total. It might be eight. I think it's seven. Five, seven, two, yeah. I think. I mean, when you have infinite mana, it doesn't matter how much it is. But but normally it's, it is an obscene cost to have target player draw two. And you just target your opponents to draw their decks. Seeing some themes here with the Simic, uh, <laughs> the Simic lines of play. <laughs> hey, look, we got another Simic one. Wow. Dave, I know this is your baby. One of your babies. And I know, actually, we talked about this one. I don't remember if it was last week or the week before. I don't even know if it was the pre-show or the regular episode. Pretty recently we mentioned the Gildebaron lines. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wanted to put this on here because, like, I, I wanted to just make the case that, like, not all these combos are competitive. Some of these com combos, oh, for sure, for sure, are mm -hmm. dumb. So the 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 two, I guess the 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 three that I really wanted to add to this list and talk about are Gilderbaron plus Pented Prism. Gilderbaron is a Simic commander that lets you pay three mana and untap. He's an Ufi. You you pay three mana, you untap the Ufi to double the number of counters on something. And Pented Prism is a two-mana Sunburst artifact that lets you take off a counter to add a mana. And it doesn't tap to do that. So if you double its counters from two to four and then from four to eight, you're now in the situation where you can pull off three of those eight to, to pay for Gilderbaron's ability and then double that 
and you'll end Gross. up with more than what you started with. And so yep. you you need to cut you need to pair that with any effect that lets you tap Gilder Baron. So if this is Viridian Longbow, you can do infinite damage while getting infinite mana. If it's mm -hmm. uh, Presence of Gond, you can get infinite Elves while getting infinite mana. If it's you know Karametra's favor, you can get infinite mana while you get infinite mana. Yo, dog. <laughs> um, Double infinite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's just something stupid like Moth Dust Changeling, then the Moth Dust Changeling gains flying infinitely many times while you gain infinite mana, but you still have infinite yeah. mana, so, like, that's fine. That's that's the combo that I came up with in 2013 when I yeah, first like got that's, into the format. That's actually your combo. Old. Like, you created that one pretty pretty much, right? Isn't that what you're telling me? It's, it's old school, yeah. I mean, yeah. I might not be the first person to create it, but it definitely, it's something that I discovered. No one No one told me about it. Yeah, um, that's good enough for me. The other the other combo I made in like 2014, I was still new to this format. Was uh, Quill Spike was my first Golgari commander. Mm -hmm. Quill Spike is a three mana one one that has one ability, and its ability is for a hybrid black green and remove a minus one minus one counter from a creature you control. Quill Spike gets plus three plus three until end of turn. But but. Minus one, minus one counters aren't that common. Yeah, uh, it turns out there is one card. So, oh. so Quill, Quill Spike's ability costs a green mana and removes a counter. Mm -hmm. If only there was a card that added a green mana and added a counter, then we could <laughs> do this indefinitely. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's called Devoted Druid, and it's kind <laughs> of nuts. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You're, we're gonna hear about Dr devoted Drew again. It's, it combos <laughs> with a lot of things. Somehow. Yeah, for sure. I don't know who thought this card was wise, <laughs> but yeah. uh, they were wrong. They were very wrong because even yeah. to this day, when a new card is spoiled that has to deal with counters, they're like devoted Druid, right? <laughs> so, like, is this gonna be a problem later? Uh huh. So yeah, uh, with this combo, you can get Quill Spike infinitely large, uh, which weirdly is not a great payoff for the combo, like. You know, all, all the other combos we have here, like infinite card draw, infinite mana, infinite, like, damage. This one is just, you get one creature that's infinitely big. Like, if it doesn't trample, someone's just going to be like, I block with grizzly bears. And you'd be like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll yeah, try again next turn. Use, <laughs> you, you can do, like, uh, what is that, Essence Harvest or whatever, the Black Fling, but you're only taking out one player then. Right. Like, you have to <laughs> do there's, the whole thing over again. There's a couple cards that'll let you take out player. Like, Ram, if you can give it trample... That's good. If you can give a trample and then cast Ram through, that's ah, yeah, really yeah, yeah. good. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a right of something. It's a, right of it's consumption. A, right of consumption. That's a black yep. fling. That's what Essen, I'm thinking of, yeah. Essence Harvest is like a black fling, but it doesn't make you sacrifice the creature. It just costs a bunch more mana. Uh, yeah. So th there are ways you can leverage that into a win if you have a really good draw. Which is kind of fine, because it's, it's, a, it's a combo that's just your commander and one card. So mm -hmm. it's fine that you need to have other pieces to turn that into a win but yeah uh by itself just gives you an infinitely big commander that doesn't trample yep pretty straightforward yeah the last really stupid combo that i want to talk about is uh as long as we, we've mentioned corkin before scholar of the ages that is that's corkin's baby the other thing mm -hmm. corkin is famous for is um there's a uh partner commander from uh commander legends called elena kessig trapper Mm -hmm. She's a 5-mana 4-3 first strike with the ability to tap 
to add an amount of red mana to your pool equal to the greatest power among creatures that have entered the battlefield this turn. Yes. There's a... That seems super limited. How can uh, we break that? It's not very limited, is the <laughs> thing. There's a blue enchantment called Singing Bell Strike. It's vaguely kind of a little bit like a Freed from the Real, in that it mm -hmm. will provide us a way for us to pay mana to untap a creature. Mm -hmm. But this one, instead of paying a single blue mana to untap, this one is you can pay six blue, you can pay six generic mana to untap the creature. So when Elena first got spoiled, someone in the Discord server was like, oh man, if you have a seven power creature, like if your Elena taps for seven red mana, you can go infinite with Singing Bell Strike. Mm -hmm. And Corkin thought that that was the, the most ridiculous thing he ever heard. And he typed into chat, if anyone ever combos with Singing Bell Strike, I will eat my own clothing. And I know that that's what he said because I took a screenshot of it and I, I have it framed on my wall because I immediately built the deck. As, as motivation. Right. And so I have this, I have this deck with I – I paired Alina with Brynolin, the, the six-power Moon Kraken. Mm-hmm. Uh, because all you need is one Opal Palace or a, a Forge of Heroes to make that be the seven power creature that makes Singing Bell Strike go infinite. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the profoundly stupid combo. And so I, I guess I should clarify. What Corkin said is, if I ever see someone combo. So I have hit this combo a couple times, which is awkward because the deck doesn't actually have any payoffs for the combo. Like there's a, there's oh. a single Fire Breather. So like I can, <laughs> I can attack someone with my 500 power creature, but they can block it. So, like yeah, if they not, got a token or something, it's not a great combo in my deck. But <laughs> so I I did it and I told Corkin about it and he's like, oh no, what I actually said was I have to see it. So I've been trying to I've been trying to do it in a game that he's in, hasn't, ah. hasn't happened yet. Technicalities, technicalities, Te technicalities. Someone has edited my notes document to. to <laughs> To suggest that this might be useful somehow? Explain yourself. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, it turns out there's a deck that uh, I haven't seen a lot in competitive, but might see some play with Vol Candlekeep Researcher, who mm -hmm. can tap to add an amount of colorless mana equal to their toughness, and that mana can't be spent to cast spells from your hand. So mm -hmm. if you're able to boost the toughness on your Vol up to 7 mana, you can make infinite colorless mana. Uh, that can't be used on spells from your hand, but can be used for mana filters, and that deck can also play yeah. freed from the real mana filter lines, things like that, to get infinite mana. And also gets to play blue-black, which is... Uh, yeah, because you can pick a background, so... It, it, at least of the choose the background choose a background commanders, if not all of the uncommon creatures in Baldur's Gate, I think Val has been one of the most brewed around yet unfigured out commanders so far. Yeah, I, I never seems seen like it. everybody has a different take on Val, but <laughs> no one ever really plays it. They're like, oh, I got about three, you know, three quarters of the way through the deck and realized it didn't work, or I goldfished it and it didn't work, or <laughs> what have you. I brewed a Val deck. Actually, brewed two of. I've designed two Vol decks, and I haven't put mm -hmm. either of them together. Uh, yeah. One of them is a solid contender for the stupidest thing I've ever put together. <laughs> um, yeah. Part of part of me really wants so Vol Vol taps to add mana equal to her toughness. 
So part of me wants to pair her with the background criminal past, mm -hmm. which spikes her power. <laughs> And then, and then, and then like, attach, <laughs> attach like, bone splitters and great axes to her. Mm -hmm. And then cast Crook Claw Transmuter to switch her power time. <laughs> it turns out there's, like, five cards in blue and black that will let you do this. And, like, one of them lets you do it every turn. So, like... And it's a wizard, so you can wizard cycle for it. Uh -huh. <laughs> like... There's part of me that just wants to do this, and then like exclusively put like just the worst possible payoffs in it, like Zulaport Enforcer, like the, just the, <laughs> the the garbage tier like level up cards from like mm -hmm. the original Zendikar block, and like you know the the really bad invokers, <laughs> like that's that's what yep. I want to do if I if I ever pull off this massive combo and I can tap Vol for like ten mana, I want to put it into only the stupidest things. <laughs> I think so you should. I just I feel like it's that kind of commander. You need to do that. That's the Valdek I design. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. <laughs> it does I run agree. Singing Bell Strike. Yeah, I, Singing Bell Strike is it's got to be the only enchantment that really does this, right? Yeah, it's also removal if you want to put it on. Uh, yeah, in a, <laughs> in a pinch. Yeah, it's else. removal. Yeah. As long as you don't put it on a commander that can use it to combo off and kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few enchantments like that. I mean, Freed from the Real is is the the, the good version of this. Um, yeah, Immobilizing Ink I think lets you pay one and discard a card to untap the creature. Uh, again, it's meant it was designed as like a pseudo removal spell that was supposed to be yeah. super detrimental and hard to do. But like you know, if you've got some kind of weird you know madness. Scourge, familiar something shenanigans. Yeah. But yeah. So those are the three you wanted to add on here. I know you also have a handful of actually strong <laughs> command zone commanders. Do you want to run through those or do you want do you want us to, uh, to give you a little break and we'll run through them? I whatever you like. How do how do you guys feel about is it guild mage combo lines? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um I can I can start walking through them. Sure. So, yeah. is it Guild Mage? I'm just going to read the text on him out loud to make sure everyone knows, because he's... Yeah, and just know that the next three combos we talk about, it's with this commander in the command zone. Yep. So, is it Guild Mage is a 2-mana two 2-2 two -two that you can pay 2 and a blue to copy target instant spell you control with converted mana cost 2 or less, and you can choose new targets. Or you can pay two in a red to do the exact same thing, except for sorceries. Mm -hmm. So, blue is instant, red is sorceries. So, a very simple way to combo with this commander is to just have Dramatic Reversal, card we've talked about previously, which untaps all of your non-land permanents. Mm -hmm. So, as long as you have non-land permanents that tap for at least two and a blue and one more of some kind you can make infinite mana by copying the dramatic reversal for two and a blue letting it resolve and untapping all of your non-land permanents and looping that right you can also do a similar thing with hidden strings which is a sorcery which means you have to pay red to copy it but it allows you to tap or untap target permanent, and then you can tap or untap another target permanent, which means if you've got permanents that tap for four mana, 
So two permanents that tap for two mana each, then you can go infinite that way as well. Uh, that one's pretty easy with um, is it boiler works and a uh, or a golem's eye or ever flowing chalice. Yeah, so that'd get. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Yep. High high tide also works. Um, if you if you want to do it with high tide, you have to have one of the uh, dual type lands into play. Yeah, so it can tap for red because it's a red and blue. Yeah. Yeah, so those give you infinite blue. You could also do this with ever flowing chalice and a mountain if your your (laughs) EFC is on three. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. Um, next up is a bit more unique. This is probably my favorite. Is it Guildmage line? It's my uh, favorite line. So we've got first up Desperate Ritual, which is a instant spell that is an arcane spell. And it adds three red mana to your pool. And it has splice onto arcane for one in a red. Mm hmm which we can pair with other arcane spells, such as Lava Spike or Eye of Nowhere. Uh, Lava Spike is an arcane sorcery that deals 3 damage to target player, and Eye of Nowhere is a 2-mana sorcery that is arcane that returns target permanent to its owner's hand. Notably, these do have to be arcane sorceries because we're making red mana, yeah. Which mm-hmm. means we can't activate the blue part. So, what we're going to do is, for instance, cast Lava Spike. And then we're going to splice onto Arcane, the Desperate Ritual, onto the Lava Spike, which adds the text of Desperate Ritual to the Lava Spike on the stack. So our Lava Spike on the stack will now read, Lava Spike deals 3 damage to target player, and add three red mana to your mana pool. Yeah, if you're splicing onto that arcane, you're adding the card's effect. It never actually leaves your hand. Yeah, you just reveal it yeah. and add the effect. You don't cast yep. it or anything like that. And then we're going to pay two and a red with Is It Guild Mage to copy that arcane spell, let it resolve, add three mana to our mana pool, and then <laughs> deal three damage, or with Eye of Nowhere, return a permanent. And then we're going to use that three red to copy it again with Is It Guild Mage and just go infinite that way. Like this one is very similar to the first Malcolm line we read where it just, it, once it happens, it, it's just going to go. Like there's no, there's no really like doing anything about it. There's no super triggered abilities. It's just going to burn everybody out. Yeah. What, what's really fun is that like whenever someone tries to interrupt this combo, like if just if you have your spliced on lava spike on the stack and then you activate is it guild mage's ability to copy it and someone responds by trying to kill your guild mage, mm-hmm. if you have three more mana, you just copy the yeah. lava spike again. I want to counter it. Yeah. Like no, you I'll can, just copy it again. I'll just <laughs> copy it again. Like you can if someone someone tries to interrupt it. Like if you have enough mana, you just put another copy on top of their interaction, and then you just combo out above their interaction so that their stuff never resolves. Yeah. yeah. The instant speed wins for Guild Mage are very good. Yeah, they're... Um, yeah, for sure. I'm not a huge combo player, but like I enjoy the combos where you just sort of present the cards and you're like, I do this, I don't know, 4,000 times? <laughs> and you're dead? <laughs> yeah. So Another 
a nice thing about Is It Guild Mage is that in this next combo, it essentially replaces the need for an Archaeomancer effect for flicker mm-hmm. combos. So we have Planar Incision or Siren's Ruse, which are both two mana blue instants that allow you to exile a creature and return it to the battlefield. So you can copy them with Is It Guild Mage? And then we're going to use Paragon Drake, which untaps five lands, or Cloud of Fairy, which untaps two. If you're going to mm-hmm. use Cloud of Fairies, you need Boiler Works or High Tide, something of that sort. Yep. But essentially, if one of those creatures is in play, we're going to cast a Flicker spell. Doesn't technically matter what it targets, because we're going to copy it with Is It Guild Mage for two and a blue, and we can choose new targets, so we'll pick the Paragon Drake or Cloud of Fairies. Let that resolve. It'll flicker that creature, comes back in. We have to untap lands that tap for a total of at least four mana, one of which being blue. And then we're just going to copy the spell again. So all the Is It Guild Mage combos, they make four mana at least, and then you just activate Is It Guild Mage, or at least three mana and an additional effect to just yeah. wipe out the table. Yep. How uh, easy... I know, uh, how easy is it to assemble the combo in the Guild Mage decks? Pretty easy. Uh, um, the, the real question here is how easy is it to stick the Guild Mage? Yeah, it's... Oh, they, that's fair, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, every time this I've... Is like, it's similar to, like, Tatiova or Gretchen or even Malcolm to an extent where you're only playing it at certain tables because you're going to combo. Yeah. Right. The yeah, deck doesn't so. do anything else. So, yeah. <laughs> like, if you can... If you can land the guild mage and get him to stick around for a turn, like the, the if you're running the arcane combos, you're running a bunch of other arcane spells because mm-hmm. you can just splice things onto them and copy them, and it's just the the value pile there is crazy. Uh, so you can you know peer through depths is a two mana instant mm, that lets you yeah. look at the top five, put an instant or sorcery, put it into your hand. If you're if you've got the is it guild mage around, you can just you know at the end of a turn cycle you can hit peer through depths copy it twice and now you're digging through the top 15 cards of your library trying to find three combo pieces or like uh-huh. a merchant scroll you can copy merchant scroll yeah <sighs> you can get the whole thing <laughs> like you can copy <laughs> you can copy impulse you can uh, it's it is if you can land the guild mage you can you can just do whatever you want as long as you want it's pretty See, that's, crazy that's it so interesting to me that like yes it is a combo commander and yes you're probably the goal is to kill the table with the combo but the way you just explained it where you're in a sense you're sort of comboing to dig for the combo pieces that's super intriguing to me that's very very cool yeah well i mean that's even that is sort of like the backup at at the very beating Mm -hmm. heart of the is it guild mage deck it is mostly a control deck because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, copying Peer Through Depths is fun. Copying Lightning Bolts and <laughs> copying End the Festivities, copying Counter Spells. Like, if you have the Guild Mage online and, like, you know, eight mana up, you can be like Counter Spell. And someone's like, I tried to do your thing. And it's like, okay, I'll copy my Arcane Denial targeting your thing. And someone's yeah. like, I'm trying to stop you. And be like, I'll copy it again. Like, <laughs> it just keeps happening. Like, yeah. It's it is fundamentally a control deck at its heart, but it is a control deck that relies on the presence of a very vulnerable two two. 
So like, yeah. Uh-huh. Every every time I've played this this deck, you either like either the whole table makes a catastrophic lapse in judgment and lets you keep the guild mage <laughs> around, and you get to be like, here's why y'all messed up big time. Or should have killed it. Or someone at the table knows exactly what's happening, and they'll just never ever let you have a guild mage. Yeah. Like. Like it is their one goal at the table to save everybody else. Right. They will. <laughs> yeah. They will just kill it over and over again, or, or or you know sometimes the whole table just comes together to kill it over and over again, or counterspell it every time. And like, yeah, they they can you can really easily just get locked out of games by having your guild mage killed a, mm-hmm. a handful of times. So, I mean, part of the reason I like the dramatic reversal line in the deck because dramatic reversal just relies on you having a bunch of rocks. And my mm-hmm. build of the deck already runs like 15 rocks just because sure. I know I'm going to have to cast this guild 12. <laughs> over and over and over. Right? Like, yeah. And probably he dies at 12 and I uh-huh. don't have the mana to protect him. I just spent 12 <laughs> mana. So like, maybe I can get up to 14? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So, I guess we'll just have to see. The other follow-up I wanted to add is the... Uh, the reason that I built the Is It Guild Mage deck in the first place was because Yalaran had a version of this deck. This was originally Yalaran's baby. He he mm-hmm. pioneered the the CPDH build and and did his whole thing with it. And the yep. he he wrote this you know magnificent beautiful primer that's of just course. a work of art because that's that's what he does. That's what he does. And I was reading through it and it, like in when I decided to build this, his version of the deck wasn't running the arcane line, mm-hmm. and he. he you know, he he was running the he was running time and the flicker line at the time, and I was like, I want to try the other two. I want to build a <laughs> guildmage list with the reversal line and the arcane lines just to experiment and see how they go. Because I have I have very fond memories of playing uh, is it guildmage arcane lines in standard twenty years mm, ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, because um, like. Kamigawa and Ravnica were back to back, so that was that was a standard deck for a while. That was something you could do. Yeah, and I I had that deck and it was awful and entertaining. <laughs> so I I wanted to build the deck with the arcane lines, and so I I did it that way. And uh, I played a couple games with Yalaran, and I I don't think I convinced him on the arcane lines because those are like they involve a lot of cards coming together. But uh, he did retool his deck afterwards to include the dramatic reversal line because he was like that's actually really powerful yeah it seems like so, it yeah so i i've influenced the uh the original man in charge yeah the og yeah so that's that's awesome. my my is it guild mage claim to fame <laughs> yeah yalaron <laughs> watched what i was it. doing and he was like i'll make a minor tweak <laughs> <laughs> and write a beautiful novella primer <laughs> yeah. awesome well, yep, I think that's going to wrap up our combos in the command zone um, list here. That's by no means at all the, the, the total combos we could have up there. That's just basically some... We, we picked out some of the more common ones you'll see, some of the more intriguing ones, some of the more obscure ones, um, but they're all fun to a certain extent. Basically, the way I look at it, if you have a blue pip in your commander, you have combo potential. So whatever you can brew up, just sort of run with it in... Let us know what you find out. Let us know what you come up with, or if you've come up with any with any combos that no one else has, you know, definitely hit us up. Send us uh, send us those comments. We love to know what new combos are floating out there. But now we're going to move on to the combos that you'll find in the rest of the ninety nine. These are 
all the commons. You're going to have to dig for them. You're going to have to draw for them. You're going to have to find them one way or another and then put them together and hope that they uh, hope that they resolve. So uh, I think Liam wanted to start off here with the first one here. What do you got? Yeah, uh, I'm coming back at you with another Freed from the Real combo. Uh, but this Ooh, time... <laughs> look at that. Yeah, right? Uh, but this time we're utilizing uh, Voyaging Sator and Fertile Ground. So mm -hmm. Voyaging Sator is going to be a creature that untap that that taps itself to untap a target land i believe there's a couple of variants of this effect uh but i think they also tend to be a little more expensive than the voyaging uh is there's about two 13 mana. of them yeah yep. uh so <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> if this is really what you want to do you got hella redundancy we um, just got a new one that interacts with battles yeah oh did yeah, we yeah it's just a second copy in our format that's, yep. but that's great <laughs> um and then we have uh, Fertile Ground, which is a land aura, uh, and it says whenever the enchanted land is tapped for mana, its controller adds an additional mana uh, of any color. So this one is chosen because it lets us add a mana of any color. Uh, there are some hoops you can jump through if you want to use the ones that add multiple levels of green. Uh, I do believe there's at least one other land aura that lets you add mana of any color, but again, they tend to be... I, I think it's more expensive. So oh, There's like there's yeah. like 10 of these as well. Yeah, yeah, I picked the cheapest versions, but there's about 10 more of those. Exactly. And in terms of simplifying the combo, we're going to talk about Voyaging Sator and, and Fertile Ground. Uh, so you enchant any land with uh, Fertile Ground, uh, utilizing Voyaging Sator to uh, untap that land as it's tapped for mana, and Freed from the Reel, as uh, mentioned previously, is going to be enchanting the Voyaging uh, Sator. So when you tap mm -hmm. it and untap the target land, you target the land that has the fertile ground, tap that land, generate probably two, maybe three mana, right? Use one of those, which should be blue, either from the land itself or the mana generated off the fertile ground, uh, to use food from the real's ability to untap the Sator and just keep that loop going. And yeah, this is a sure. Simic combo that's, you guessed it, generating <laughs> infinite mana. Yep, and then whatever you do with it, Probably doing something with your commander. But ideally you do with winning that, the game. You. Yeah, ideally you're going to win the game off doing that much work. All right, next one is uh, a mono blue, but I guess you could kind of play it in any uh, blue X deck. And it's probably one of the better well-known uh, combos in the popper formats. Not just popper commander, but 60-card popper formats and that sort of thing. Uh, Puzzle Box, you want to walk us through the next one? Sure thing. So first up a card that is in many, many combo decks. We have Archaeomancer, which, yep. when it comes into play, returns an instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. And with that, we're going to play Snap, which is two mana to return target creature to its owner's hand and untap up to two lands. Mm -hmm. So if we have these two cards, along with two lands that can tap for seven or more mana, be it through Ooh, casting High Tide three times, <laughs> or if you're in Simic, it's easy. Just slap land enchantments on your lands, make them tap for extra mana, however you want to do it. And it's seven mana because the Archaeomancer plus the Snap is six, so yep. you're trying to go infinite here. Yep. So seven mana, you cast your Archaeomancer, get Snap back from your graveyard, not Snap back the card, Snap back <laughs> from your graveyard, which is actually a good card. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, also a good card. Mm -hmm. um, cast Snap, targeting your own Archaeomancer. You'll return it to your hand and untap the two lands. 
netting one mana. And mm-hmm. then that's the whole loop. Do it again. Uh, that's net it. infinite mana. Do it 4,500 times and then decide what you want to do with it. Puzzle box. What's your favorite thing to do with infinite mana? Uh, typically, I just draw my deck. I'm pretty basic. Um, I'll draw my <laughs> deck and find an outlet from there. So, you know, in Gretchen, I'm playing a mana outlet in my command zone. That's what my commander uh-huh. is. Let's me draw my deck. And then I don't have to play any cards that are dedicated to being an outlet for infinite mana. I can just play cards that can do something with infinite mana to win the game. And that's how I like to do it personally. Okay, so you're not necessarily just one gigantic spell, one gigantic, you know, X spell or draw, you know, opponents draw their whole deck sort of thing. Like you you still like to interact with your own stack, your own cards, your own library, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's how I prefer to do it. Uh, Rolling Thunder is an awesome outlet. I do love Rolling Thunder. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But. Dave, I feel like you're a Rolling Thunder fan. Uh, in the competitive scene, I prefer Grapeshot or Pyromatics. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Rolling Thunder... I haven't seen Pyromatics in a long time. Rolling Thunder can really easily get shut down by a counterspell, but like Pyromatics... Pyromatics is you know two mana to deal one damage, and it has Replicate. Yeah. So when you dump infinite mana into that, you're not creating one spell that's doing infinite damage. You're creating... 8,000 spells that are each doing one damage. And if someone yep. tries to counterspell it, you're like, no? <laughs> like, okay. They better have 8,000 counterspells. You better have 8,000 counterspells. <laughs> like, there, there are counterspells that will clear the entire stack, but not at common. Yeah. Um, Unless they have 8,000 blue for, what is that, lose focus? Right, lose yeah. focus. Yeah. yeah. If, they, if, they, if they combo in response to your combo and generate infinite <laughs> mana, yeah. if they yeah, replicate you're, you're, their lose focus, 8,000, yeah. You're in trouble. What a... What a wild ride. <laughs> what a wild <laughs> hypothetical we have just we have just embarked upon. Um, all, all I'm saying is if if your outlet for an infinite mana combo is creating eight thousand copies of a spell and then they infinite combo for <laughs> lose focus replicated eight thousand times, on the one hand I would say let them have it. You know, because they, they infinite combo on top <laughs> you of your infinite to, combo. Right? <laughs> but on the other hand, lose focus is just spell pierce and you have infinite mana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that. We got there. Um, But I mean, so... Anyway. <laughs> that's a weird hypothetical. I'm not I'm not going further down that. Um, <laughs> the the answer to the broader question, what kind of outlets do I like to use? Uh, yeah. In, the, in Is It Guildmage, like, Is It Guildmage can kind of be its own outlet. Like, if you're doing the, the arcane lines, um, mm-hmm. the outlet is built into the combo, so you're going to lava spike someone infinitely, or you're going to eye of nowhere to just bounce their entire board. Yeah. And from there, you can just, you know, attack with Is It Guild Mage over and over again. Like, they're, <laughs> they're starting from nothing. You'll, you'll, you'll come up with something. You'll get there, yeah. If you're using Is It Guild Mage just to generate infinite mana, uh, the thing I love about the Guild Mage is that he is a mana sink. So if you come up with any draw spell, then you're, you're right where Puzzle Box would be. You're drawing your deck. Mm. And like as soon as sure. you, you draw, you know, thirty cards, you come up with a lightning bolt, you bolt someone and then copy that eight thousand times. Yeah. So yeah, like, and that's what I was alluding to earlier. That's that's really intriguing to me that if you don't have it in your hand, well I'll just make the mana and dig for it. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, like is it guild- I will find it and I will kill you. Is it Guildmage being like the the source of your infinite mana and also the source of unlimited card draw and also the source of unlimited damage is what makes him that's the reason no one lets me keep him in play. Yeah. It's that weird. Makes sense. It's all coming together now. Yeah. 
the thing I love about parcel beast combos, the 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 combos that we just described a minute ago, the freed from real voyaging satyr kind of lines there, mm-hmm. uh, those are really fascinating with parcel beast because once you have infinite mana, you can mutate your parcel beast onto the thing with freed from the real or the thing that untaps, and that lets you you know activate parcel beast to essentially draw a card, and then pay mana to untap your parcel beast so you can once again draw you, you got your voyaging satyr with your freed from the real and then you also give that the parcel beast to allow you to draw unlimited cards mm-hmm. and then you also give that a viridian longbow so like your <laughs> your freed from the real is powering your land untapping and it's powering your card draw engine it's powering your damage engine like all yep. at once like freed from the real is doing all of the jobs in this combo yeah all the heavy uh, lifting so it's cool that you can just stack all of those things onto one massive impossible creature, uh, yeah. which is how I that that's usually how my parcel beast games, and when when they I mean no usually my parcel beast games end with me getting beaten to death before I accomplish it. <laughs> when I win, that's how I that's win. what happens. Yeah, yeah. understood, understood. Uh, Liam, it looks like you have uh, two combos back to back here that sort of have the same sort of play lines here what do you got yeah uh so these two combos they are built off of presence of gond presence of gond being a green enchantment uh aura that says the enchanted creature has tap create a one one green elf warrior creature token uh so the first combo is simply taking midnight guard uh which is a white creature that says whenever another creature enters uh the battlefield untap midnight guard and just enchanting it with presence of gond this is going to be it. as simple as tap the Midnight Guard with the Present of God's ability, create a creature. Midnight Guard's own ability triggers, untaps it, tap it again, untap it, and you just make an infinite army of 1-1s. One yep. uh, hopefully you've got a crashing drawbridge or something to give those things haste. <laughs> or uh, your Naya impact trimmers or something. Exactly. Yeah. Mob, mob justice, who knows. Yep. Uh, that combo is pretty straightforward, just a, a cute little two-cut combo. Uh, the next combo is a little more in-depth. Here we have our friend Devoted Druid again, uh, but this time they are paired with an Ivy Lane Denizen. Ivy Lane Denizen is a green creature that says whenever another green creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on target creature. So, you are going to take the Presence of Gond and I believe enchant the Devoted Druid with it. You're going to tap the Devoted Druid, create a creature that's going to... Trigger the Ivalene Denison, putting a plus one plus one counter on the Devoted Druid. You can then use the Devoted Druid's own ability to put a minus one minus one counter on the Devoted Druid to yep. untap it. One plus one plus one counter and one minus one minus one counter cancel each other out. Devoted Druid has yep. no more counters. And you just kind of loop this over and over until you have an infinite army of one ones. Yep. Those are pretty straightforward. Those are even popular in 60-card formats as well. It's not like yeah. those are uh, PDH specifics or anything like that. Yeah, those are super popular in 60-card. Uh, yeah, I've lost to uh, Presence of Gone combos more times than I care to admit because they're good and they're easy to assemble too. So, you know, because they're usually like like this last one, the Devoted Druid, Ivy Lane Denison, Presence of Gone. This is mono green? Like, you know what I mean? You're not running too many uh, too many colors here to, to have to dig for it or anything like that, so... Pretty classic, classic combos. Yeah, I did play that in 60-card popper. <laughs> yeah. You'll see it pop up every now and then. I know that those decks were hot. The Presence of Gone combos were hot years ago, but you still see them pop up like once or twice a year whenever uh, 
somebody will get an itch to play him, or there's a new a card from a new set that looks sort of interesting, maybe playable in this deck, and they'll run it out there like a Soul Sisters deck or what have you. But um, it's still a thing. It's just not very much a good thing anymore. All right. We have another untapper in the 99 for a uh, combo piece. Who put Pilly Pala in here? I did. I need I answers. Love that I card. need answers. <laughs> Why don't you walk us through this one? Uh, yeah, so Philly Paula is the best card ever printed. Um, <laughs> it's a two mana scarecrow that uh -huh. you can pay two and untap it as a cost to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So but that seems bad. It is. Um, Why is the card three dollars? <laughs> <laughs> but in uh. The Kamigawa Neon Dynasty set, so fairly recent, we got Careful mm -hmm. Cultivation, which is an aura enchantment that gives a creature plus one, plus three, and reach, and the ability to tap to add two green mana. So, mm -hmm. pretty simple. We tap our Peely Paula for two mana after enchanting it with Careful Cultivation. And then spend two mana to untap our Peely Paula and add one mana of any color. And then we tap it for two green again and untap it and make infinite mana. Yep. And I believe Dave has added a note of uh, another way you can combo with Peely Paula, or not Peely Paula, uh, with Careful Cultivation. Yeah. So Careful Cultivation will let you tap for green green. Well, it will let you tap a creature for green green. There's a bunch of cards that untap themselves for a blue. Like Horseshoe Crab, Simigrag Worm, Solitan. Um, if you can find a way to transform one of these green mana into a blue mana, so you can untap your Horseshoe Crab, then this goes infinite. Uh, and there's just such a way. There's a card called Orochi Leaf Caller, mm -hmm. which lets you filter green mana into any color. Notably, so, uh, directly one for one, not two for one, like a lot of the mana filters. Right. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Most yeah. mana filters are too generic for one of any color. This is one for one green to anything you want. It's a one mana one one from the original Kamigawa block. Uh, so yeah, if you have a horseshoe crab and an Orochi leaf color, you can put the careful cultivation directly on the horseshoe crab, and then this goes infinite in the same way. Tap for two mana, turn one of it into a blue, untap the horseshoe crab, your mana up. Yep. And then, uh, what are we doing with the, with this mana here? Same, same Simicky type stuff. Yeah, you put Parcel Beast on it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like it is a mono green combo, so you can yeah. you can be in any green plus. But yeah, it's right. infinite mana. Nice. All right. Next up, we have a uh, very classic combo of cards that actually uh, received a, the ban hammer in 60 card popper because it was actually too strong. We have Ghostly Flicker paired with Paragon Drake and Archaeomancer. We've already talked about Archaeomancer, or the four mana uh, wizard that gets your gets an instant or sorcery back from your graveyard. Paragon Drake, ETBs, untaps up to five lands, and Ghostly Flicker. You're basically casting the Ghostly Flicker, targeting the Archaeomancer and the Paragon Drake. Basically, you're netting two mana every time because you're using the Archaeomancer to get the Ghostly Flicker back from your graveyard. You're using the five lands you untap from the Drake to cast Ghostly Flicker again, and you're just banking that mana 
to once again get infinite mana in blue or Simic colors. Like, I think this is one of the most iconic combos in popper formats and probably one of the more well-known ones here. What do you think? Yeah, very classic. Still very strong. Probably Still one very of the strong. best mm-hmm. combos in the format, in my opinion. So, mono blue. Yeah, that, this is that the was combo one thing I run I, in Mushcrock. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. It is super powerful and works very well. It's, yeah. it's very compact. and like every, it, it is very compact. Every yeah. card, every one of these cards is good on its own. And you mm-hmm. can use so many different things as outlets, be it uh, a second yeah. Archaeomancer to get other cards back from your graveyard or a creature mm-hmm. that has an enter the battlefield draw effect to flicker yeah. with your Archaeomancer mm-hmm. and find your other win conditions or an impact trimmers or anything of that sort like yeah capsize locks all that stuff so easy to win from here yep yeah this one is this this particular line combo line here the flicker drake mancer line is the one that i had to get the most used to again when i came over to pdh kind of full-time from 60 card popper because i was so used to peregrine drake not being a thing because it was banned for so long and i came over here and i'm like oh crap (laughs) <laughs> that's not banned over here like i'm gonna have to learn to play against that again like and it's still just as powerful if not more powerful over here yeah and we still have high tide and cloud of fairies too if yeah. you want to do mm-hmm. a smaller version and still be mono blue so yeah yep all right the next one we have on here is actually i would say probably my favorite combo of all time it's in rakdos colors and it's the first day of class combo, or Mogwarts. That's kind of the deck that it's called in the 60-card world. Um, but the deck, uh, the combo involves first day of class, which is from Strixhaven. It's just the uh, two-mana instant. When a creature ETBs, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it, and it gains haste. And then a Skirk Prospector is a one-mana, one-one goblin that you can sacrifice, specifically a goblin, to add a red mana. And then which goblin are we sacrificing? We're sacrificing Putrid Goblin, because it has Persist, which means... When you sacrifice it, it's going to die. And when it dies, it goes to the graveyard. But it's going to come back with its persistability with a minus one, minus one counter on it. But thanks to first day of class, kind of like what Liam walked us through earlier with the Devoted Druid, those counters cancel each other out. So you can just continuously, until someone feels like interrupting you, you can just keep sacrificing the Putrid Goblin to the Skirt Prospector for infinite red mana to do um, whatever you want to with it. This is one that I... I, I don't play a lot of combos, but when I do play Rakdos Colors or a Rakdos PDH deck, I always try to put this in there as sort of a, uh, um, you know, fall backwards into combo sort of thing. I don't typically try to dig for it or anything like that, but if it ha- if I happen to pull it off, great, because I do find it highly interesting. It's fun. It's just sort of silly. And uh, wh- what do you think, Puzzle Box? Do you like sacrifice type um, Rakdos combos? I think they're decent. This one's okay. Uh, Putrid Goblin isn't a great card on its own, but the other two right. mm-hmm. are, which is nice. You can also do the same thing with like any Persist creature and yeah. any sack mm-hmm. outlet. Um, so yeah, it could be Thermopod or yeah. There's some interchangeability and redundancy, which is nice. It's kind yeah, of it... fragile and hard to find outlets S- for sometimes. But... Super fragile, yeah. Mm-hmm. So but, we... yeah, they're fun. We've said that. Putrid Goblin's not a great card. Is there... I feel like there has to be another PDH legal, let's say, Rakdos-flavored Goblin with Persist that's maybe a better outlet for this. 
something i'm thinking oh, i feel geez. like it probably starts i think that it, would have been in does, our last section though does it does oh. it start with m and end in <laughs> urderous red crap <laughs> but yeah so, notably that is a uh combo from the command zone that is yeah, murderous red cap is a is a rakdos colored goblin has persist mm-hmm. just like the putrid goblin it also has ability that when it comes into play deals damage equal to its power to anything you want yeah, so it gives so, you the outlet in the command yeah. zone for Built the same in, combo, right. which is yeah. very Impact good. trimmer sort of thing, yeah. So yeah, P- Murderous Red Cap plus first day of class is just, I mean, all you need at that point is like a sacrifice outlet. Yep, anything to sacrifice for free. Now, or, now with or, the red... Go ahead. Any trigger also works. Like if you have Murderous Red Cap and like first day of class and Impact Tremors... Oh, beautiful. If Impact Tremors is the the thing that's, like, your payoff, then you can have the Red Cap deal its ETB damage to itself, and that's what makes it kill itself. Yep. <laughs> and that's that's what maintains the combo. Because uh, the Impact Hilarious. Tremors is doing the rest of the work. So, yeah, there's there's some yeah. cool stuff you can do with that one if that's... It's like a self-contained engine. That's great. Yeah. Now, when the... Uh persist like how does that work on a fundamental level like when it etbs does it etb with a minus one minus one or count counter on it so it's actually yes. a power of one and then it gets the plus one plus one counter well it, in, it etbs with it's both and they cancel as a yeah. state it's simultaneous action. okay so it doesn't start with one and then get yeah. the other it, they and start with both of them okay its trigger goes on the stack which means that uh it's, so State-based actions are going to happen sort of like automatically. The game is going to mm-hmm. handle those for you. So it'll enter with a minus one, minus one, and a plus one, plus one. At the same time. At the same time. State-based okay, actions perfect. are going to cancel those. And uh, and and it will put its ability on the stack. And when its ability goes to resolve, that's when it'll check the power and say, okay, you have two power, you're dealing two damage. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's one of my favorite ones, I think, because it is kind of fragile. And you can make that sack outlet sort of whatever you want. If you want an arbitrarily large carrion feeder and you want to fling it, you can try to do that. Like it's just Rakdos silliness. So, but I'm a fan of it. I like I like doing that as well. Uh, next one here. This is one of the first. I think we talked about it in the pre-show when I first got into sixty card popper. I quote unquote <laughs> discovered this combo, and I thought I like broke the format. Until I googled Nettle Drone, and this combo came up on like a hundred different pages of Google and deck building sites and tapped out and everywhere else. And I thought, oh, I guess I'm not a combo player or combo builder. But it is the uh, Nettle Drone, Banishing Knack, and uh, Artifact combo. Basically, this one's a little more obscure. I don't know that I've ever seen it at a Pauper Commander table. And it is very rare to see it in the 60-card world. But anyway, Nettle Drone is a 3-mana Eldrazi drone with Devoid. It's a 3-1, and you can tap it to do 1 damage to each opponent, which is nice. Tap it to do 3 damage. Cool. And then it says whenever you cast a colorless spell, you untap Nettle Drone. Okay, okay. You can kind of see where this is going here. Well, you put Banishing Knack on the Nettle Drone, so you're in it Colors here. And Banishing Knack is an instant that just says until end of turn... Target creature gains, tap, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. So you're tapping the Nettle Drone to bounce something, to recast something. But what are we recasting? How are we going to keep... How are we going to get so much mana to keep recasting uh, artifacts or colorless spells? Well, it doesn't matter because we're using zero-cost creatures like Ornithopter or Phyrexian Walker. We're constantly casting them, 
and untapping and tapping Nettle Drone to basically do however much damage you want to do to each opponent until you feel satisfied. This also works with uh, Reckless Fire Weaver, like we talked about at the beginning of the combo talk, where in the Malcolm decks, where you're just constantly creating treasures. This, you're constantly recasting that zero mana artifact and pinging everybody with Fire Weaver or Steel Fin Whale. Uh, that's not one I've tried yet, the Steel Fin Whale, but yeah. it's got affinity for... What's that? So the notable thing about this is that in addition to having Nettle Drone, you have to have either an outlet or an enabler because Nettle Drone does both. It's either it untaps itself to ping or you can use it as the untapper for the Banishing Knack. So right. if you use Steel Fin Whale, you put the Banishing Knack on the Steel Fin Whale and then it'll untap whenever you cast your zero cost artifact and the Nettle Drone will untap. You tap the Nettle Drone to ping somebody, and you tap the Steel Fin Whale to bounce the zero-cost artifact back to your hand. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I missed that one completely. Thank you. Yep. Yep. So that's one a fun one, too. I never did end up putting it together. I just thought it was sort of hilarious, because I think ETB combos are really cool. They're really kind of funny, because you can go a few different lines with them, and... uh yeah, I think one of the funnier things to do is just ping the table off for one damage at a time until you, you know, the death by a thousand paper cuts, if you will. What do you think about the uh, the Nettle Drone, Dave? I are you a, f- are you a fan? I do love uh, knack shenanigans. Knack um, shenanigans. Yep. I've never I've never done them with Nettle Drone or or Mirror Inspire or Steelfin Whale or any of those. Um, but I I like the idea of them and I like that. Uh, there's a couple commanders that make this combo really, really good. Like there's um, Herald of Kozilek and uh, the the Neon Neon Dynasty is it kid? Some kind mm-hmm. of mech, Mechnot enthusiastic yeah. Mechnot maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, both of those are really good for for these lines because they they reduce the cost of your artifacts by one. Mm-hmm. Which lets you, instead of being forced to run like kind of low impact bad zero mana artifacts, they let you execute this combo with like one mana artifacts that are actually like useful and have do other things in the deck, like relic. Yeah, um, right. Mm-hmm. Or and you can or also even... run it too. I know um, Puzzle talked about Steelfin Whale. You can also run it too with with like Battered Golem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yep. so. Battered and, Golem, uh... Steelfin Whale, Mirror and Spy. I think is the other one. Chakram Slinger and Chakram Retriever in the command zone. Those, those are the commanders I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, uh, spicy. The because the the Retriever can take the place of one of these combo pieces. He can be the he can be the guy that untaps every time you cast a spell. Yeah. So yeah, very definitely very cool stuff you can do with with these things. I have used Knack in other combos. But not with not with nettle drones or sure. whales. Well, why don't uh, we talk about this? <laughs> I, I, I was thinking I should talk about those. Are we done with this one? Okay, yeah. I think so. Um, it's pretty straightforward. You just, so, you just ping everybody to death. There you go. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> in the continuing theme of Dave really loves horseshoe crab, uh, yes, knack and a horseshoe crab is really good together. So Horseshoe Crab is just this this little body. It's a 1-3 that lets you pay a blue mana to untap it. And again, there's a couple of these. There's, you know, Simic Ragworm, Soliton. Pillipala 
is functionally a horseshoe crab, you are, I mean, even outside of careful cultivation lines, you are effectively paying one mana to untap it. Uh, so there's lots of things that function like this. Mm-hmm. And like that with a knack by itself basically lets you pay a blue mana. As, as, as many times as you have blue mana, you can pay a blue mana to bounce anything you want. Because the horseshoe crab is just going to untap itself and you can keep on tapping it to bounce other things. So I refer to these two cards together as uh, Popper Cyclonic Rift. <laughs> um, which is super fun. This is, this is why I love the Parcel Beast deck so much. Where this can become a combo is if you have something like Peregrine Drake or Cloud of Fairies. Mm-hmm. These, uh, these creatures that are going to untap their lands when you cast them. Uh, if you can get plus two mana out of your lands. So in the case of Peregrine Drake, you need five lands that'll tap for a total of seven. Seven mana. In the case of Cloud of Fairies, you need two lands that'll tap for a total of four. Then you can tap your Horseshoe Crab, using Banishing Knack, to tap your Horseshoe Crab to bounce your Cloud of Fairies. And then recast Cloud of Fairies to untap two lands to get four mana. And this is a loop that costs you three and generates four. So this can go infinite, and it's one of the lines that I run in Parcel Beast. Because I think it's super fun. Yeah, you do the love other, your crabs. I do love my crabs. The other thing I do with Knack is sometimes I will put Knack on a Steelfin Whale in my uh, Aethersworn Swing deck. It's not a combo. It doesn't go infinite. You still have to pay a white and a blue to cast the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. But it will let you cast the Sphinx like four times in a turn <laughs> and Which, cascade uh, that's pretty ca- good cascade at nine mana value four times <laughs> yeah you can do some cool stuff with it uh-huh. liam knows yeah liam also knows speaking of artifacts <laughs> he knows I some would, artifact combos huh that's what i, I would, hear i would like to hear about the completely colorless combo line because I get this question a lot. Someone's like, are there combos in mono black? And I'm like, buddy, there's combos in colorless. Right. Which means yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Which means yes. So the colorless combo line is actually a fairly common one in EDH as well. It's it's centered around Ashnod's Altar, which is an artifact that lets you sacrifice a creature to add two generic to your mana pool. Uh, we're also utilizing Foundry Inspector, which is artifact spells you cast cost one less to cast. Uh, after that, we're looking at Mirror Retriever and Workshop Assistant. Uh, they're respectively two and three mana creatures that when they die, they return another target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, normally, costing two and three mana, this loop would not work, but with Foundry Inspector discounting them to uh, one and two mana, what you're able to do is effectively, because when one dies, you can return the other to your hand. So because they cost a total of three mana, if you sacrificed them both to Ashnod's altar, you get four mana back. So if one's on the field, one's in the graveyard, or if both are on the field and you start by sacrificing one to get it in the graveyard, you sacrifice the second one to Ashnod's altar, generating two colorless, put it in the graveyard, return the other one that was already in the graveyard to your hand, cast it with the Ashnod's altar mana, so you're either going to use uh, the two you just generated, and break even, or you're going to use one of the two generated and have one left over. Mm-hmm. It's going to flip-flop every other time you cast a spell. So every other time you cast Workshop Assistant or Mirror Retriever, you will generate one generic or break even, depending on which one you're casting. Uh, Workshop Assistant being the one you break even on because it costs more mana. Right. Overall, 
you are generating a bunch of enters the battlefield triggers, you're generating a bunch of dies triggers, but you're also generating infinite colorless. And, you know, I, I, it's been said already, but, it, you know, it's colorless, so it goes in literally any deck you want to build. Yep. If you want just a single combo to fall back on just in case, you can put this in every single one of your decks. All right. Puzzle. You want to tell us about the next one? I find this one highly entertaining. I've seen it go off. I've never pulled it off myself, but it is <laughs> it is amazingly hilarious when it actually works. Yeah. So this is a combo line centered around Tethmos High Priest, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite cards. Two and a white for a creature with heroic. Whenever you cast a spell that targets it, return target creature card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do with this card is we're going to look at Mog War Marshal, which yep. is a two-mana creature that creates a goblin token whenever it enters the battlefield or dies. So it's essentially three bodies on one card. Mm-hmm. And we're going to use a sacrifice outlet like Thermopod or a Skirk Prospector that net red mana whenever we sacrifice creatures, as well as auras such as, uh, what's the one called? Crown of Flames or something, and Geet yeah, yeah, to yeah. Fire Breathing, <laughs> which are red enchantments that you can return to your hand by paying red mana. Mm-hmm. And as long as they cost one or two mana, that'll allow us to target our Tethamos High Priest, trigger it to return the Mog War Marshal into play, and then sacrifice the Mog War Marshal and its token and its death trigger token for three mana, return the aura to your hand by paying one, and then recasting <laughs> it, targeting the priest, and get infinite ETB, LTB triggers, infinite red potentially, depending on the cost of returning the aura and such, infinite cast triggers, all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's just good old, I don't know, just sort of a classic combo that not a lot of people play, but it's, I mean, it's potent when it works. It's certainly potent. It will kill people. It's just not, it's easily interactable like a lot of the ones we've talked about. It's just not super great, but it is... It is fun, and it's one of those that when it goes off, inevitably someone's going to be like, what card is that? What, why does it do that? <laughs> Just because the cards itself are so interesting, and they're sort of, you know, like the uh, Crown of Flames and um, uh, what was the other one? I was just looking at it. Get to Fire Breathing? Yeah, they're just they're cards that you don't ever really see anywhere unless you're doing something sort of silly with them, so... Overall, I think it's just sort of fun. Tethmos High Priest is one of my favorite cards ever. Mog War Marshal's just great. So, yeah. I give it two thumbs up. Very fun. Yeah, very fun. All right. The uh, next, the second to last one we have here actually touches on a few cards we've already talked about, but I think Liam's going to put them all together for us. Yeah, so this is actually a combo that uh, my friend group kind of came up with very early on in their Magic careers. I imagine it's a fairly popular combo. It uses a lot of popular pieces. Uh, and it's also what got me into Pauper 60 card in the first place. Uh, that is Ooh. Impact Tremors, Midnight Guard, Retraction Helix, or Banishing Mac, <laughs> and any zero-cost creature, in particular, Ornithopter. So Specifically Ornithopter. Specifically Ornithopter. 
So this is going to work very similarly to the Presence of Gond combo from earlier with Midnight Good. You're going to use Helix or Knack targeting Midnight Good, giving it a tap ability. That tap, abil uh, that tap ability being return target creature to its owner's hand. Well, I believe it's non-land permanent, but in this case, it's going to be a, a creature. Uh, mm -hmm. Midnight God's ability, whenever a creature enters, uh, untap it. So, zero-cost creature, because we're just going to be casting this thing over and over, right? We, we tap the Midnight God to return our zero-cost creature to hand, cast the zero-cost creature, untap the Midnight God, tap it, return the zero-cost creature to hand, rinse, repeat. Impact Tremors is just the payoff. We're casting a creature a bunch. We're dealing damage to each opponent. You could also use Reckless Fireweaver because we chose an artifact creature uh, or any other number of payouts. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward. And I feel like this is, it's not difficult to assemble something like this either because there's so many different, um, well, you know, each version of like half the combo has different cards you can use. You know, it doesn't have to be Ornithopter. It could be any zero mana artifact creature and it could be helix or banishing knack you know what i'm saying like it could be reckless fireweaver or impact trimmers like it doesn't have to be this specific exact line of of cards to make this one work yeah but i mean let's I be like real that. you're going to use ornithopter it's just the best option well yeah you, you better i mean i think it just works more efficiently that way all right we got one more here that i added in at the last minute because it is currently my favorite combo in pdh even though i think i've only pulled it off once and then we'll get to a listener question, and then we'll get on out of here. So this one is one that um, I think sort of as a community we came up with all at the same time. Because I never, I don't remember anyone saying, oh, I just learned about this. It just all of a sudden was indexed everywhere, and people were just talking about it. <laughs> I don't know what the, uh, the impetus was for the entire community to absorb this combo right off the bat. But it is Under, Under City Scroungers, which is from a Neon Dynasty, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. It is an artifact creature human rogue. It's a 1-4, that doesn't matter. But you can tap it to create a treasure token, which seems good. But you can only activate it if a creature. You can only use that ability if a creature died this turn. So, sure, you got to get over that hurdle. But you're already going to be in Demir, so it's not hard for a creature to die. Uh, the next piece is one we've talked about on mass. In mass, it is freed from the real. You're going to use that treasure token to spend into free from the real to untap Undercity Scrounger to create another treasure token for freed from the real to untap Undercity Scrounger. Rinse and repeat, as Liam says. But what are we doing with all of this stuff? We are Disciple of the Vaulting the entire table out of, of life. That's the way I want to do it. You could go into Grixis and once again use Fireweaver. Um, but I like the Disciple of the Vault line just because I think it's funny to drain the whole table. And that's the janky combo I have. It's just Scrounger and Freed from the Real and Disciple of the Vault. Is there? And this is generally the one that I see people play with, but... Are there other Undercity Scrounger combos that, that anybody can think of? Uh, I haven't really seen of. any. It only yeah, makes one I... mana, so Freed from the Real seems like the only combo piece for it. Exactly, and it, it just specifically makes a treasure token, so it's got to be like Fireweaver or Ingenious Artillerist, mm -hmm. etc. But yeah, I think it's it, it's one of those interesting ones, or one of those neat ones that just sort of feeds itself. Like, once it gets going, it's just an engine that you can't really stop unless something happens. And Disciple of the Vault's always been sort of a pet card of mine, even after it was banned in Pauper. It's still, uh, still a good one. Are there any not on this list that you uh, thought of while we were talking about these that you wanted to add, or any final comments on combos? Start with you, Puzzle Box. 
I think we covered pretty much everything I wanted to cover. Uh, okay. Combo's good. Uh, kill the whole table at once. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's game. pretty much it, yeah. And there are, you know, we've talked about, I don't know, however many are on this list, 30 or so, but there's probably, you know, many times more that Hundreds available. Or... So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, you got any final words on combo? Uh... I like combo in the right circumstances. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, when when I'm playing with a group of people who understands that combo is a potential outcome of my deck and they are prepared to engage with that, I think combo is super fun. Sure. Uh, I, I'm very, very careful about taking it into casual games because there's a lot of people that don't like that. And I I want to be responsible for their play experience as much as I am responsible for mine. Yeah, that's um, a very good way to put it. I guess that's something we should have mentioned yeah, earlier in the episode. I'm competitive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, was, I was in the intro. You're fine. Last uh, time I played casual was with Brad. Yeah, that was like right after I started streaming on Saturdays. So that was like almost a year ago, I think. What uh, casual deck did you play? Um, I played... A green red dragon tribal deck with the, one of the background oh. guys, and I played oh, the, the colorless. Guy. I played Artisan of Kozilek, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually sounds amazing. Okay, uh, we should have done the episode about that instead. <laughs> <laughs> missed, <laughs> missed opportunities. Yeah, hindsight. Um, but yeah, I I think that you know if if everyone is on board with the the combo being a thing that can happen, then then it can be super fun the potential is really like the, the the interactions involved are fascinating and i love to get into them if the table is on board with that um just because yeah, just just because you know if you show up to a casual table with a non-gretchen non-tatiova simic deck don't just assume your opponents don't think you have combo or you know what i'm saying like try to make it clear like hey you know i'm not running the most powerful combo in this deck but there is a combo in here is that okay Etc. Have that pre-game conversation. I don't. I find it always helps because you're right. It does. If if you combo out the table and not a single person knew it was going to happen or knew the potential was there for that to happen, that tends to to ruin the gaming experience. Right. And like I I say this not as like a combo enjoyer who is trying to be cautious. Like I say that like I'm that guy often. Like if I'm if I'm sitting down at a casual table and someone else combos at me, I'll be like, "That's bullcrap." I'll I'll get like real mad about it. I'll be like, "No, I was three turns from now, my board state was gonna be so big with these uh-huh. creatures. Like, how could you have, how could you have robbed me of this?" Like, I, you I get, bastard. I get really bitter about it if someone like combos at me like unexpectedly. So yeah. like that. I was unaware. Right. Like this isn't yeah. this isn't altruism here. This is like self preservation. That right. I'm that th- this is why I'm saying this. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, make it clear, make it known. You don't have to spell it out for him. Just be like, "Hey, I run a combo. Is that cool?" And that's generally the extent of the conversation. Liam, got any final words on combo? Are you a big combo player? I know we haven't played together a lot on stream or anything, but I, I've never seen you play combo. <laughs> I'm I'm not a huge combo player. Um, I'm terrible at making new combos. Uh, really good at finding synergies. So yeah, so I just not a huge combo player. If I'm playing combo, it's usually some kind of uh, well-established combo that people are going to see coming a mile away. Yeah, very telegraphed. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Very telegraphed. Probably, honestly, uh, there was one time I was uh, 
playtesting Parcel Beast, uh, yeah, what, I say one time, like it was a long time, it was like a month ago, I was playtesting Parcel Beast in my local meta. Um, mm-hmm. I had the win on board. All three of my opponents saw it, were laughing out loud because I couldn't see it. And could, so could figure it out. I, I could not figure it out. And they saw the win <laughs> and they just scooped it up because they were like, yeah, it's there. It's just it's hilarious that you don't see it. And like they, they sat there. We'll ex- wait for you to figure it out. Yeah, they sat yeah. there explaining my own deck to me. And I was like, guys, I'll be real. I thought I was still like a piece of two away. I didn't realize it was just all on board. So, yeah, I I'm I'm the kind of person that will sit there and like just telegraph pieces because I'm bad at it. Um, yeah, I, I am the same exact way. I am much better at turning my cards sideways. Yeah, that's a that's a good skill to have. That's what they were born to do. That is right. All right. Well, good time. Good uh, good combo talk, everybody. We do actually have. I think we got time for a quick listener question this week. It comes from a Twitter follower fan, actually someone that was on the stream about the same time as Puzzle Box, so almost like a year ago, a long time ago. Is at uh, Floppy Disk Master. They ask, how would one go about discovering new ways to storm slash combo off in Hopper. Dave, you got an answer for this one? I do have an answer. So, uh, as as I mentioned, usually, generally speaking, combo is not where I live. I, I my 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 corner of the PDH meta is axe flavored, not yes. combo. Love um, your axes. I do love axes. Uh, so like when I when I am discovering a combo, it is usually because. Uh, someone Kool-Aid mans into the Discord chat. Like, <laughs> look at this cool thing I just found! Everyone pay attention! Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh man, that actually is really cool. So, you know, someone shows up like, what are we gonna do about Seeker of Skybreak plus Hanger Scrounger? And I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. Like, I never thought about that, but these two combos, these two cards combo with each other. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And then, uh, you know, wa- just watching the community develop this, uh, like I, I, I was very fortunate to watch the Seeker of Skybreak plus Hangerback Scrounger combo line turn into the Bartered Cow Library of Lang and Reckless Fireweaver <laughs> combo line, and like, I can't get over how cool that is. Like, that, yeah, that, it's super that cool. I just, I got to, you know, I had front row seats to the community just coming up with this, like different people, you know, contributing different parts and like the conversation happening. So like, yeah, I, uh, final answer. Watch the community. The community is spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, you will draw a lot of inspiration. Yeah. All right. And noted combo player, combo winner, puzzle box. What do you got? How do you go about finding new combos? So Is it something you actively seek out? Or like like we talked about earlier, do you see a card and you're just like, Yep, that's a combo piece? Yeah, the main the main thing really is you have to know what combos exist so you can look for what could potentially be a combo piece. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you see a card that looks like you can abuse it and just make a combo, you probably can. So, like, if you <laughs> see Paragon Drake for the first time, you're probably going to go, huh, that's a weird card. I wonder why they would print that. Mm-hmm. Oh, probably because I could just, like, break the game with this card. Yeah, I could just win. So you have to find that card. And then you have to consider what you have to do to break it. So for Paragon Drake, you obviously want it to enter the battlefield repeatedly. That's how you're going to combo in some way. So what do we do to allow Paragon Drake to enter the battlefield repeatedly? 
So you can start by looking at cards in the same color and then expand if you want to. You can find Banishing Knack and Ghostly Flicker. Those are both ways that maybe you can keep casting your Paragon Drake. And if you expand outside that, maybe you even find like Aegis Automaton in white. <laughs> uh, Digging deep. Like really not good way to do it, but you could do it. And then you want to find, okay, so if I find a way to repeatedly make this enter, how do I do that infinitely? So yeah, we look at Ghostly Flicker. We have Paragon Drake. We need to get the Ghostly Flicker back. Let's throw in a creature that gets it back. Archaeomancer. Boom. Now we have infinite mana. And we just kind of found that by looking at abusable cards. And then you just have to find an outlet. And that can be your commander choice. Or you build your 99 to more effectively work around that combo. However you Mm -hmm. want to do it. That's why I played Gretchen. Infinite <laughs> mana combos. Outlet in the command zone. Boom. Done. Uh, Boom. Done. Figure it GGs. out from there. Right. <laughs> figure out the win con from there. Yeah, and I, I think you're right, too. It, it, it always seems like some of the more abusable combo mechanics are, or not even mechanics, but, but rules text is enters the battlefield, untap, <laughs> and probably like one other thing but those are always the ones you want to look for like every time a new set comes out and there's one card that says you know it seems good but it says untap target creature everyone's trying to pair it with a known combo piece to see if if they've discovered something new or if they can you know have a new toy for their combo decks or what have you yeah knowing what exists to know if you can just pair it with those combos really helps especially like you know but sometimes that's not great you know if you don't know Peely Paul exists, how are you going to come across careful cultivation Peely Paul? Right, exactly. Like, you just got to know. Yep, you just kind of have to familiarize yourself with the combos. Oh, Liam, do you do you make new combos? Like, what do you do here? No, nope, I don't make new combos. <laughs> I watch. I people do like, not either. I watch people like Puzzle Box make new combos, and then I play them. Yeah, same here. Same here. Even like um, the. Uh, the Mogwarts, the first day of class combos, like it is extremely linear. It's very straightforward, but I had to watch um, Alexander Weber's video on it to make sure that I understood how it go, or you know how to how to play it, how the how the lines went, how it worked out. Like it wasn't something that I just instantly picked up on. It was like, oh yeah, persist, sack outlet, boom, done, I win. Like I had to watch someone play it and explain it before it finally stuck, and I understood what they were saying. Like it wasn't something that I could have come up with. And that's yeah. a very straightforward one. I am not a new combo maker. I'm certainly not a new storm player. So I wait for the uh, the pros like Dave and Puzzlebox to do it, and I'll just uh, piggyback on their success. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that uh, that about wraps up everything. Puzzlebox, you got anything you want to add real quick? We'll get into the outro and. Uh, We'll get some more stuff that I can put down in the show details, but you got anything on combos or storms or anything you want to add to the conversation? I think we covered it pretty well. Awesome. Awesome. 
Well, as everyone should know by now, but if not, if you need more Popper Commander talk or have any questions about the format, you can always email us at thepdhpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can head straight on over to PDH Homebase's website. That'll take you to their Discord server. You can find Liam and I on Twitter at Popper Command and Popper underscore B, respectively. And you can always find Dave as Alcadron just about everywhere else PDH is being talked about. Another huge thanks to Puzzlebox for coming on the show and let everybody know all the different places they can find you. You can find me on YouTube and on Twitter, Puzzlebox, all of those. Common Theory on YouTube and Twitter. And you can find me in basically every Popper EDH Discord server. So. All right. So did we get all the, the information for you? I believe so. Awesome. I will throw all that good stuff down in the show notes. They can find you. Definitely go listen to Common Theory. Dave, is that the name of it? Is that the name of, of the That's podcast? the name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm prepared here to confirm this for you. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, as episode 50 of the PDH pod comes to a close, we'd like to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their sweet tunes for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, combo out the whole table if you want to. And we'll see you in about a week. Peace. Say bye, everybody. Cheers. Bye. See ya. I brought pump the text at the party.